0: $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to PureTalk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money.
1: So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today.
0: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. By the way, we're going to be joined by Senator Rand Paul in the third hour of the program. I believe he is our only scheduled guest right now. Although maybe Herschel Walker might reach out and give us a call during the course of today's show. As uh, we certainly are dealing with that runoff that is continuing. But um, wanted to make sure that you're not missing what is going on right now with Joe Biden. Still has not been to the southern border since, I believe, Buck, 2008. The Biden campaign in 2008 came somewhat close to the can, border. Can I, I, can think. I just put this right? in the
1: proper context? Because I, I tracked this one down. I think this is so interesting. They haven't even been to the border if you include 2008, meaning Joe Biden and his team. Joe Biden landed in El Paso, Texas, which is a city in Texas. Yes, it is along the border, but he did not actually go. In fact, he landed at the airport and headed north.
0: Okay. So he hasn't even been to the or- border if you count 2008. Or
1: maybe it was east, but he la- he didn't go to the border is the point. I can't remember okay. where he went. But he, so he, went- that's he has never argument. been to the border, Clay, is the end of the story.
0: Yes. That is their argument. They tried to- It doesn't make him look much better that they cite 2008. I mean, it, because It would be a like if I virus. said I've
1: been to Disney World, right? If I tell you, Clay, I've been to Disney World, I'll give you all the Disney World wrecks you want. And you're like, great, Buck, so tell me about your Disney World experience. I was like, well, I landed in the Orlando airport, <laughs> yeah. and then I drove down to Fort Lauderdale. That is Joe Biden's version of going to the border.
0: I, by the way, can give you every possible detail you need on Disney World because I have been to every theme park in America, it feels like, since I had three boys. This is something you have to look forward to, Buck. Um, Whether it's Legoland, whether it's Universal Studios, whether it is water parks all over the place, and certainly the Disney experience with the three boys, I've been to them all. Having said all of this, Peter Ducey, you want to actually give Pulitzer surprises out. Miranda Devine, who we had on yesterday. Let me just give Miranda Devine some praise in that interview that we had yesterday. One reason to subscribe to the podcast is we know you're all super busy. And uh, it's sometimes hard to make sure that you hear everything. Miranda Devine yesterday, Buck, in the 1230 segment, if I remember correctly. You can go listen to it. Hour one on the podcast was phenomenal. And it's something that I think everybody who listens to this show should listen to if you are concerned at all about big tech censorship, collusion, which, frankly, I believe everyone in this audience should be. Having said that, Joe Biden uh, was talking at the White House. Peter Ducey, who also, Buck, should get every award because he's almost the only person speaking truth to power inside the White House on a day-to-day basis. Biden is headed to Arizona. Peter Ducey, outside the White House, as he is preparing, I believe, to leave, asked Biden, hey, while you're in Arizona, big border state with a lot of border issues, maybe it would make sense to go by the border. Here's that exchange. Listen.
2: Why go to a border state and not into the border?
1: Because a more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. <laughs> more important
0: things buck when you hear the president of the united states who's going to a border state say there's more important things going on that should be a clip that is grabbed and used by republicans because given the state of our border there really is if you're in arizona and you're in texas very few things at all that are more important than the absence of border security
1: and, and, and i do think that all of the all of the polling for the midterm especially in border states show that illegal immigration was a a high level issue, but back to our other point: if if Republicans, even within the Republican Party, have other things that are going to make them ticket split, you're not going to you know immigration is not going to overcome that. But it is a huge issue right now for us. One to just make the case about: I think the American people we're being a little bit um, uh, there's a little bit of an incremental, nonchalant uh, attitude to this. Right over time, you get. Uh, you get exposed to the number oh 200,000 this month, 200,000 next month. 200 This is crazy everybody. The border is wide open and you had just yesterday Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, Tom Tillis of North Carolina circulating what they were calling Clay a draft framework on immigration reform. And The basics of it are create more uh more processing centers for streamlined entry into the United Member we already have processing centers. They're called ports of entry. The yep. people who are showing up are not going to the ports of entry because they're coming into the country illegally and they don't even want to wait at a port of entry, So, and they're overwhelming Border Patrol by doing so, which also then means that the fentanyl just flows through unrestricted, which is what's happening right now. I mean, this all this stuff is tied together, but the part of it that I found the most hilarious, first of all, some of the even GOP senators are saying, we haven't, like, this. this is a no-go, we haven't talked about this. Because I think they realized the Gang of Eight was a real moment. That was during the Obama administration, where you had some Republican senators going along, and when people really got wind of what, it was amnesty. Yeah. And they felt that that bait and switch coming. Here, the funniest part in the draft framework uh, that they were sending around was they were saying, oh, an expedited uh, removal for those who are not allowed to stay. We're not doing any removals right now. Until you change that, I mean, when I say any, someone's going to say, yes, we are. Okay, there's, you know, if you're like a a MS-13 assassin and you've killed a couple of people, yes, we may remove. You know, we're not not doing any real scale interior enforcement in the country. And until you change that, all this other stuff is is, is nonsense, Clay, because you're just incentivizing, making it easier for people to come in illegally and making it easier for them to get in process to stay. So you're just going to get more illegal immigration.
0: Right. And, and that's what even you hear from the immigrants themselves is the reason why they started coming in overwhelming numbers is because Joe Biden won the election and they all passed that message down along throughout Latin America and beyond the southern border in America is open and Democrats want you to be able to cross the border and enter into the United States. And the other part of this that I think is very significant, Buck, is if you want to work on immigration reform, That's certainly something that the United States government should work on. I don't want it to happen during a lame duck session when a bunch of senators that no longer have any power are suddenly deciding to vote on something on their way out when they don't have to face the voters over the decisions that they make. That's the opposite of democracy, right? I don't like lame duck sessions, period. And we talked about this for months leading up to the race itself that if Republicans took control of some of the houses of Congress in the midterms that there would be an attempt because the Biden administration knows that effectively the gears of uh, legislative movement are going to slow down and or hopefully stop for the most part they're going to try to push through as much as they can in this lame duck session and what are we seeing a lot of lame duck movement even with this stupid January 6th committee which is still going (laughs) they're never going to end they, and, and by the way, if, if I could have a wave of magic wand, I'd like a primetime investigatory uh, dive into the 2020 election, in particular, big tech collusion. I'd like to have that in prime time. I'd like to have these Twitter executives, these FBI officials who were involved in rigging the 2020 election. They want to focus on January 6th. I'd like to have that. And I'd like to have a primetime hearing on all the Fauci news and everything else associated with COVID. But they're trying to drag out this January 6th thing as long as they possibly can until the gavel officially passes. And that's not a surprise that they're going into this, but Buck, we said this was one of our fears was what might happen in this lame duck session when there are a bunch of congressmen and senators who are not returning to office that decide that they want to do something politically.
1: If you want to be, if you're a Republican, too, I'm just going to say it, you want to be on the boards of companies and you want to be invited into the corridors of power when you're, anything that has to do with amnesty. Corporate America, everyone should understand this, this is bipartisan, too. Corporate America overwhelmingly wants amnesty, wants more illegals. And in and some of these corporations, we talk about Disney a lot. Disney had a program. I was I remember talking about this um, when I was filling in for Rush maybe 2015, so seven years ago. It's been a while. Uh, The end of the Obama administration, and Disney had a plan where they had people when they were bringing in the H one B visa holders, they were firing people, Clay, and then making them train their replacements. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So so big companies love love to be able to exploit. Illegal immigrant labor. of all, So don't, you know, the Chamber of Commerce Republicans, you can't trust them. And when you see what's happening right now, I, I think they're trying to lay the groundwork for anything that does not secure the border first, meaning that we shut down the illegal flow, is just a, is just an amnesty ploy. A non-starter. Ploy. It's just a non-starter. It's an amnesty ploy. Anything that doesn't get the crossings down to their lowest level in 20 years, illegal crossings, is a non-starter.
0: No doubt. We'll continue to break this down for you as this lame duck session continues. But in the meantime, you know, Thanksgiving, I was over at my mom and dad's house and my mom brought out a video cassette tape from my grandfather, who I was named after the last Thanksgiving that he spent with the family. And she said, I've got this and I want to make sure that your kids and maybe even their kids can see this video and know what it was like in the 1990s in Tennessee, when our family celebrated Thanksgiving uh, with your grandfather, could be their great-grandfather, their great-great-grandfather, what our family was like in those days. Chances are, if you're listening to me right now, there is a tape just like that in your family. Something that matters a great deal to your family in terms of the legacy, in terms of the family memories, in terms of preserving that for your kids, for your grandkids, maybe even for your great grandkids. Technology evolves, it changes. And if you don't protect your memories, they will vanish. And all those old tapes, all those cherished moments, they're not going to be as easy to be shared with your family. How many of you even have a VCR now? How many of you can even play those old VHS tapes that you have that grandma and grandpa are in, great grandma and great grandpa are in? Maybe it's you when you were playing sports when you were a kid. Everybody's got one of these tapes right now. And all of you know that you need to preserve it and you just haven't done it. Well, guess what? How many gifts out there for the holiday season, frankly, do you buy that you know don't really have that much of a lasting impact? How many different ties can you give dad? How many different uh, bathrobes can you give mom? How about getting something that can preserve your family's history forever? Christmas is just around the corner. There's time now to get the best Christmas gift out there. It's Legacy Box. Here's what I want you to do. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay to take advantage of a great discount for listeners. It's an American company, actually from my mom's hometown of Chattanooga, where my grandfather and grandmother grew up right there in Red Bank, Tennessee. They've got a big factory that'll take care of your family memories. All you have to do, is go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay for an exclusive offer. Again, trust me on this. The best possible Christmas gift you can give to your family. LegacyBox.com slash Clay.
1: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
0: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious
1: metals for various reasons,
0: the number one fantasy sports app in america's prize picks it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports five million members already active on prize picks if you've not yet downloaded prize picks do it today unlike other apps on prize picks it's just you against the number it's about the players and not the teams you look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection. More or less, every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Price Picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the Price Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
1: Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose.
0: GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community.
1: Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God.
0: Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are joined now by Senator Rand Paul, who I am told is with his wife right now, Kelly, who has phenomenal uh, taste, not only in who she married, but also in her radio show preferences. So, Shout-out to your wife, Kelly, uh, Senator. Congratulations on re-election to represent the great state of Kentucky. And as we yep, look Kelly, towards – yeah.
2: Kelly's a big fan of the radio program, and she's also a big fan. She follows Clay on uh, Twitter, and uh, so you can catch her on Twitter giving all kinds of insight and critique on a daily basis.
0: <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, all right, so we are uh, soon to be out of this lame duck ses- session. But I wanted to start with the lame duck uh, session, Senator. It seems like there is a great deal of activity that is trying to be rushed through between now and when the new Congress will be sworn in. How nervous do you think Republicans should be about what is going on right now in the lame duck session? How much is likely to get pushed through? Where are we? Let's start there.
2: If you are a conservative anywhere in the country, you should be worried and you should be alarmed that Republicans are going to give away the House. There's going to be an enormous spending bill by Pelosi and Schumer, and most of the establishment Republicans up here will vote for it. So if we want to have any hope of you know, trying to control this debt and this monstrous spending, people need to call their legislator and tell them, absolutely under no conditions vote for the Pelosi-Schumer monstrosity it is going to be over a trillion dollars in new debt it'll be thousands of pages it's being written in secret And it'll be divulged a couple of hours before we vote on it. And then they'll say, oh, take it or leave it or shut down government. But I'd say leave it because they're going to fund 87,000 IRS agents. And I think Republicans should fight. We should take back the power of the purse. And I think we should fight. I think our voters expect us to put up a fight and not to just roll over and give the Democrats everything they want.
1: Hey, Senator Paul, it's Buck. What would that fight look like? Uh, where, where could we take this? And, and what, do you, what would be, in your mind, a successful outcome here to stand and, and hold back all this crazy spending and, and the Democrat agenda with it?
2: If 41 Republicans stood together in the Senate, we can stop any spending plan coming from Pelosi and Schumer. It takes 41 of us. But there's 10 to 15 of us who will vote with the Democrats and do every time. So really, this makes a nationwide effort of everybody determining who those 10 to 15 are that are going to vote for the Pelosi-Schumer bill and tell them not to. But we have the votes. It's like we are not a majority, but we have 41 votes, and that is the beauty of the filibuster. 41 Republicans can stop this, and then there'll be a negotiation. I think it should be a very short-term spending package, and then let's let the Republicans, who were just elected to take over the House, have some power, have some say in this. Right now, the big government Republicans are negotiating with Democrats to spend a year's worth of money, and here's what they'll do to the debt ceiling. You know, it used to be they would raise the debt ceiling by a dollar amount. Their plan is to do exactly what they've been doing the last couple of times and raise it whatever amount of dollars can be spent in a period of time. So if the bill is a year's bill, they will say a year from now, you can spend as much money as you can possibly spend. There is no limit on the debt ceiling for one year. That is extraordinarily bad. This is a big, terrible deal, and people have to get rallied and say enough's enough. You Republicans say that you you are worried about spending in the debt, and yet you play games and vote, for the, vote with the Democrats to spend more money. So this is a big deal, and we do have the votes to stop it, but it would take 41 Republicans in the Senate with the courage to say no.
0: Senator Paul, uh, there's also another very courageous thing that needs to be done, and I think you've been one of the foremost proponents of this. We need to let everybody who lost their jobs, certainly in the military, be able to come back and get back pay. Buck and I have been arguing about this. You've been on the forefront of making this argument for a long time. Where do we stand on that as a part of the Defense Department uh, bill? And what is likely to happen going forward in that negotiation and in that vote, in your mind?
2: Well, the conservatives in the Senate, we led a letter last week 20 of us signed a letter saying we won't vote to get on the defense authorization bill unless we have a vote first on getting rid of the mandate the mandate that says in the military you either get vaccinated for covid or you're are discharged from your job and many thousands of people have been let go and every day new people don't sign up i have a family member right now that would like to go to a camp uh to prepare himself and to see what it's like to go to a a military academy but he doesn't want to go because he has to be vaccinated and he's already had covid and so this is the ridiculous nature of this. But 20 of us signed a letter and then we heard the good news that leadership had heard us and leadership was negotiating on our behalf and that they had a deal that the vaccine mandate would be gotten rid of in the defense authorization bill. Then Biden stood up and said no and the Republicans blinked. And apparently the story we're hearing now is that the military mandate to be vaccinated for COVID stays in the bill. And what people need to know about this is, Number one, the vaccine doesn't stop infection, it doesn't stop transmission, and for young people, they don't get very sick from this, it doesn't really affect whether they'll be sick or not. The last thing, and this is most important, the risk of an inflammation of the heart is greater for males 16 to 24 That's probably nearly 95% of our recruits are males probably between the ages of 18 and 24, and they're at higher risk for getting an inflammation of the heart than they are for having complications from COVID. The risk of the vaccine for young males actually outweighs the benefits, and so the science isn't with them, but also it's deterring people. You know, some people have started to say that really this is a is a is a master plan for getting rid of conservatives and religious people from our military ranks. And it's a master plan for preventing them from ever joining. Think about it and think who are the young people are who are joining our military. They're predominantly from rural communities, religious communities. They're patriotic. They're willing to put their life on their line. And then these woke folks at the Defense Department are now saying, no, you have to do as you're told, even though it won't prevent infection or transmission.
1: Speaking to Senator Rand Paul, Senator, I'm wondering if if you um, can weigh in on the reporting that that, uh, your colleague on the Republican side, uh, Senator Tillis, and kirsten cinema from uh, arizona are trying to get some kind of immigration package through right now is is that is that just not is that a no go or is that going to be a serious thing going forward
2: i'm actually not aware of the deal that they're working on i think it's very unlikely that any big things pass in this congress you know come january it's a brand new congress Congress. So all the bills start over in January. I think what's going to happen this uh, in the next two weeks before Christmas time, and then we're out for a week or so at Christmas, is there's going to be probably a defense authorization bill. My guess is that they will continue to have the mandate for a vaccine in the military. And my also guess is they won't allow any amendments from conservatives. So conservatives will be completely boxed out of this. I think they're also extending the draft to women in this bill as well. But the thing is, is they're going to do that bill and they'll probably do the spending bill. And I think that's all that gets done. I'd be very, very surprised if a immigration bill came forward, unless they're talking about next year sometime.
0: We're talking to Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. He won re-election last month. Um, The Twitter files that were released on Friday evening by Elon Musk having to do with Hunter Biden and uh, what what I think most people listening to us right now would agree is collusion between big tech and the Biden campaign, so far proven. Also, maybe the FBI involved. What should happen? What was your reaction to those revelations from Elon Musk uh, relating to Twitter?
2: You know, I, I love seeing the inside story of what you know the left-wing folks at at Big Tech have been doing to censor speech. I have always been worried, though, about some conservatives thinking that we should regulate Big Tech and tell them what speech they have to put on their forums. I do think, though, there is an avenue for us, but the avenue is going after the government. And the First Amendment cases have shown there's a First Amendment case by the name of Luger versus Edmondson Oil, and it says that the government cannot sort of commandeer a private actor. If they have, are working intimately with a private actor to have the private actor be sort of the surrogate that censors speech, that then they are acting as an arm of the government. This is what will have to be debated in court, but in Congress, what I'm proposing is, is that we put limits consistent with the Supreme Court cases that say the government cannot collude with big tech. is isn't really so much a rule on big tech. Big tech will still be free to do what they want, but the government, the FBI can't be having weekly meetings. And this is what's going on. The FBI is having weekly meetings, but it's not about preventing terrorists from organizing on Facebook. It's about preventing people from discussing the election, complaining about the election, complaining about COVID, complaining about masks, People like me who have said a million times that cloth masks don't work, that, according to the government, is disinformation, and that will be blocked. But once this happens, we're in a real problem, and the government is actively working with big tech to do this. We are going to get to the bottom of this. We are going to explore this. I've told my staff I want to know about these meetings. We are going to insist on the the documents that record these meetings. We are going to insist on being included at the FBI's meeting with big tech. People from Congress should be in the room. First of all, these meetings shouldn't happen. But if they're going to happen and they're going to completely defy us, then we are going to be present and find out what's being discussed there. This is a big deal. And uh, we're going to do everything within our power. I'm going to be introducing legislation that makes it against the law for government to uh, collude with big tech, not only collude to censor speech, but I don't like the idea of big government buying our uh, anonymous information, such as our buying habits. And then – and this is what I asked Ray, but he wouldn't answer – I think they're penetrating the anonymous veil of data and attaching individuals to it. I asked him this directly, and he wouldn't answer the question, but I suspect that the government buys up reams and reams of information but then uses their databases on people to connect information and habits. What you read, what you buy, what you're interested in online is then connected to individuals. That absolutely is illegal, but we have to get to the bottom of whether they're doing it or not, and so far they have not been forthcoming.
0: Last question for you, Senator Paul, Uh, runoff election for people listening to us in Georgia right now. What's the difference in the difference in the Senate between 50-50 and 51-49?
2: It's the difference between whether or not I have a voice in investigating the COVID origins. I am pushing hard to get Democrats to investigate this, but a 50-50 Senate allows us equal representation on the committees. So if you're a libertarian in Georgia and you think both parties stink, which is often true, and you vote for a libertarian, this time there's no libertarian. The choice is Republican versus Democrat, and I'm a libertarian-leaning Republican. If they want me to have more of a voice, um, it really isn't so much about the candidate. It's about which one is the Republican who's going to give me more power within the committee system, will make my voice stronger in Washington. And look, I'm an equal or ecumenical complainer about both parties and their spending habits, and if people People want to hear that, and many libertarians do, and many people who are frustrated with the system who don't vote, they need to know that a vote for Herschel Walker is actually a vote to help me have a bigger voice.
1: Get out there, Georgians. Get it done today. Senator Rand Paul, appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Gun owners out there, if you're spending your free time keeping your skills sharp, you've probably noticed price of ammo is really high. Going to the range is expensive. I'm planning on doing a shooting range visit myself just the next few days, and I want my skills to be as sharp as they can be before I get out there and start dropping real money just so I can actually do the real live fire stuff. So how can you train safely from home? Well, with something called the Mantis X. You can now train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X system. So many of the best shooters do the majority of their training with a technique called dry fire practice. That's what Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. It's that simple. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. This product is now being used by the U.S. Military and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. The Mantis X is a must have for all the gun owners out there. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M A N T I S X.com. Second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show gets going right now, everybody. We are seeing a lot of fights uh, over religious liberty play out um, with currently. A amendment voted down by, or should, it's not voted down. It's stalled, or was it voted down? Let me make sure I get the verbiage right here. Yes, the Democrats blocked, I should say. They blocked an amendment for the Respect uh, respect for Marriage Act that would add additional protection for uh, religious uh, institutions and, and for effectively religious belief to not be engaged in uh, compelled speech or or to violate core principles and, and tenets of their beliefs, so that's going on right now I mean in the background of what we're about to tell you here on on the legal side, there is this respect for Marriage Act that is uh, supposed to be a codification of Obergfell, the Supreme Court decision that then declared uh, that uh, same sex marriage was constitutional and here we are now seeing this play out through the legislature. Well, you also have this case that was heard yesterday. It's very interesting, and we'll try to break it down into into ways that doesn't get a little too in the weeds on the legal side. Uh, but it really does, I think, matter as well and tells us where all of this is going when it comes to the First Amendment, particularly as it pertains to uh, speech, but also free exercise of religion and, and religious freedom. So you have this case, Clay, 303 Creative LLC versus Elenus. Uh, I think I, I, I'm, I read this. I did not listen to oral arguments. I read the transcript of it. And here's what is at issue. You had in Colorado, once again, Colorado, just like Masterpiece Cake Shop.
0: Um, this is an have- outgrowth of that case. They are connected. So for people out there who remember the cake baking case, this is the next evolution of that.
1: So the central dispute here is public accommodations law versus compelled speech. And what happened was a, a 303 Creative is a company that builds websites. Web designer Lori Smith has this studio, 303 Creative. They make websites for weddings. Uh, I've been to enough weddings to see this, you know, it's like, you know, Bob and Tammy are getting married and like, here's their registry and here's the information and that kind of stuff. So Lori Smith wanted 303 Creative LLC, Limited Liability Corporation, to be able to put on her website preemptively uh, that she didn't want. This was just argued yesterday, the Supreme Court, I will say that even in the transcript it comes across that justices jackson and sotomayor are ferociously hostile toward this uh position that has been taken here and and just in general i mean for them there is no di- anybody who doesn't see marriage you know gay uh gay marriage same-sex marriage uh heterosexual traditional marriage is all the same they view as as a bigot along the lines of Somebody who opposes interracial marriage, for example. They see no distinction. The justices, I think, make that, those two justices make that very clear um, in their view of it. But Clay, this uh, Lori Smith wants to put on her website that she will not create websites for the weddings of same sex couples ahead of time and then link to here are some other uh, great web designers that will do this for you. And so she, she's bringing the case because she wants to know whether this is legal or not under the Calif- uh, Colorado statutes that apply. And what I think was really interesting was the, the back and forth over. Both sides agree that providing chairs, providing, you know, sandwiches, uh, you know, a number of things, provision of basic services can't be, you can't discriminate whether or not you're going to sell chairs to somebody's wedding because you don't agree with the wedding. But... Is it speech to create a website that will talk about a wedding? And there was a lot of back and forth over this one. And There's, there's a big takeaway we can get into here, but this, this is the, the legal weeds, Clay. What did you find in them?
0: I love this case. Okay, so the lawyer in me, when you are, uh, this is like a law school hypothetical. So most lawyers, if you're interested in law school at all, The way that you get your grade is an end-of-the-semester exam, most of the time. And that end-of-the-semester exam will give you an unsettled, oftentimes, legal hypothetical that you have to analyze as if you are a lawyer. And, Buck, this reads like a legal hypothetical question. To me, as I work through it and think about this from a judge perspective, What the distinction here has to be made is between unique talent versus generalized work. And let me explain that in a little bit more of a concrete fashion. So, Buck, you and I will sometimes give speeches, right? We'll be paid, we'll go to different parts of the country, and we'll speak to groups. We are available to be booked on websites. Typically, speakers are. But we don't accept every single opportunity. Maybe it's because the schedule is booked. That's typically for me. Or I don't want to go to that part of the country because I've got a kids event that I'm going to try to be at. Um, You know, there's all different sorts of reasons why. And then sometimes, maybe, although it depends, but I, I don't believe I've done this, because you don't agree with the group that wants you to speak. We aren't compelled to take those offers. Similarly, if you are a musician and you have a so maybe sometimes you pay wedding play weddings you don't have to accept every web offering so to me what unites here for the cake and also the website is the question of are they creating a unique enough experience is the cake tailored and created in such a unique way well now way? it's website and now it's a website right and they kind of dodge the question on the cake right they they kind of punted on what exactly, uh, I think they procedurally decided so, that so case. So the way that went down, as I
1: understand it, and it was 6-3, keep in mind, Colorado, the uh, uh, federal uh, circuit court in Colorado and then appeals court in Colorado, I guess it was the Ninth, the ninth Circuit, um, ruled against the Masterpiece Cake Shop and uh, owner, and then eventually the Supreme Court came down 6-3 in his favor. But a lot of people point out, Clay, that that outcome years of first of all getting litigation what would seem to be the yes. wrong the wrong constitutional outcome twice from federal courts uh first a circuit then then appeals and, and then having to go to the supreme court the process is the punishment at some level yes and so and they haven't stopped and people don't even really know about this or, or should know more about it then the activists the sort of lgbtq plus more extreme activists even started showing up and they wanted him to make uh I, you know, Satan cakes, and you know, they're yeah, really right. just you know trying trying to constantly harass this guy. Um, in, in this instance, she's claiming that the the creation of the website is a creative act because of what she puts into it and everything else. So if there was an off the shelf website, yeah. You she could so because that was the the cake holding was if you have like a cake, let's say you got a lemon meringue, well, that's a pie, you've got a you know, a chocolate strawberry frosted cake. The masterpiece cake shop has to sell it to a a gay couple, for example, but they can't make him write on it, you know, congratulations on your wedding, you know, Bob and Bill or whatever. That was essentially the, the the way
0: this this also would apply, Buck, and I think it's interesting to me, it's the distinction between if there is a unique creative element that you are bringing to bear as a part of the production of your content, then you can make choices about whom you decide to work for. If you are, for instance, just doing, like, your point there, if you have, think about it, if you're out there like me, and you go into a, we buy a lot of ice cream cakes, right, for kids, because the kids love ice cream cakes for birthdays. They have a lot of the ice cream cakes already prepared. And it might say generically on it, happy birthday. And you can just go take that out of the counter. You take it up, you buy it. It doesn't have any specified uniqueness to it. You should have to sell that, right? Congratulations on your wedding. It's a generic cake that's already available in your store. As soon as you are saying, I want this particular message written on it or a specific design for that cake, to me, that's a unique talent. And that's a distinguish that that to me is the distinguishing right. Factor that's the creative
1: here. process that they yes. that they found was a distinguishing. You know, the, the same way that they can't have you write there is no God, for example, on a cake or something like that. It's it's com- that's the compelled speech doctrine. So you have compelled speech versus public accommodations, which is you know you can't say my restaurant will only serve you know my restaurant will only serve Asian people. That's illegal, yeah, right. right? Or I will only rent my home to. People of Samoan ancestry or whatever it may be. You can't do that. So now when you get into, okay, can you preemptively exclude a protected characteristic from your creative services and claim that the creative services are website design? It's getting pretty deep into the—and, you know, even I could tell the conservative, I think they're going to find 6-3 in favor of uh, 303. I I do believe that. We will see. Um, We'll find out this spring. But you could tell they were kind of like, well, but is it really a creative process? Um, There was a lot of poking around on that issue. But, Clay, I think the bigger takeaway from this, and this is why it's interesting that so far the additional protection from the uh, Respect for Marriage Act, the protection for religious belief, there is a—the activist wing within the LGBTQ plus uh, agenda will not be satisfied until essentially— there will be lawsuits against Catholic churches for not, I mean, it's going all the way. There's not going to be some detente. There's not going to be, okay, fine. We, they will, there will be activists. There will be left-wing agenda that continues to say, I'm sorry, but the fact that the Catholic church, this is their position now, just to be clear, but their position is the fact that Catholic church won't perform same-sex weddings is, um, is unconstitutional and is bigoted, and, and they will not They will not stop. I think that's what everybody should be prepared for. The ultimate plan here is to sue Christian churches, particularly Christian um, religious institutions, into submission over time until they bend the knee. And it's not just going to be on same-sex weddings, by the way. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be on a whole range of issues. But this is, I think, the next frontier legally, and um, this is what you're, you're seeing continue to play out.
0: And here's, Buck, what I would say, this is the lawyer in me kind of hypothetically thinking forward. What if the website designer had said, I won't, and I think they discussed this some, I won't make websites for interracial marriages. I won't make websites for anyone other than Asian people who are getting married, right? I, I think it becomes really kind of intriguing to analyze this as you think about the ways that a creative person might restrict who they are willing to work creatively for. And it's just a mess. You can see why they're trying to craft a rule that will apply. This is one of the things, Buck, that always happens. They argued
1: just on the interracial marriage point, this is important because this came up multiple times in the task. They said the law has recognized up to this point that religious objection to same-sex marriage is uh an area of uh, you know an area of religious liberty that that effect, there are that that has been established it was even established in Obergefell uh Obergefell um and the issue obviously the, the difference with interracial marriage is there's no respect for uh in the law I should say there's there's no carve out made for well you can be opposed to interracial marriage so that was how they argued it today
0: but they, to be uh, fair, yesterday. 60 years ago, they would have 100% allowed that carve-out. So the, the, anyway, the way that you think right. about I mean, it, is, What I'm
1: saying is they're, they're, trying to, they're going to try to get rid of the religious exemption carve-out, too. That's what I'm saying yeah. is happening. Oh, going I, to do I, I don't that.
0: think there's any doubt. And what I would say is one of the challenges of a Supreme Court is, are you writing a case for uh, law professors, or are you writing a case— this always comes up, Buck, when you are looking at what police can and cannot do— So many times the Supreme Court is trying to say, "Okay, well, officer who is on the street, you are able to do X or Y. Having an understandable rule that also can be applied is one of the biggest challenges that exists for complex cases such as these. Because how do you know what the law actually is and what you're allowed to do and not do? Uh, And there's not an easy answer here, I think, although it's a fascinating case. Uh, By the way, Tuttle Twins, you want your kids to be able to get hooked up with books that are going to teach them all sorts of important life lessons, like, for instance, what exactly is going on with inflation? How does the economy work? You want to entertain and also educate them at the same time. Well, right now, the Tuttle Twins have distributed more than four million copies of their books. We've got all these books at my house. My eight-year-old in particular has really enjoyed them. There are only a few days left for you to order Tuttle Twins books before the shipping deadline. These are books about all kinds of interesting themes, personal liberties, freedom, how it's earned, how it's preserved. Right now, you can go to TuttleRadio.com to get these life-changing books for all the kids in your life. Great Christmas gifts. You need to get your order in soon, though, to beat the holiday shipping deadline, How about going right now and checking it all out at TuttleRadio.com. That is the website. One more time, Tuttle Radio, T-U-T-T-L-E, TuttleRadio.com.
1: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
0: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to
1: precious metals for various reasons,
0: Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel the Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude.
1: People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate eleven dollars a month at t2t.org. That's t the number two t dot org. If you've ever been to New York City, you probably at some point have ridden in the New York City subway just because it is by far, if you catch it right, you know where you're going, the most efficient by cost and time way to get around the city you're gonna find. A ton of traffic in New York. Uh, if you ride around in one of those horse drawn carriages you're going to have to take out a mortgage usually to pay for it it's very expensive and it goes very slow handsome cab so, you know and there's and there's now a lot of the bicycles is that the uh, the bicycles that pull people there's a lot of that going on too Oh is
0: that true yeah yeah I've seen oh, that Oh yeah, yeah
1: all the t- now that there are bike yeah. lanes and they blast very loud music a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of Rihanna and Bon Jovi from the bicycles <laughs> with the with the CPI yes. I forget forget whatever you call that but the point is that the subway, is a, a, it's, it's the beating heart of New York City. Everybody understands that. America's largest city without the subway doesn't function. Well, we've talked to you a lot about how much crime there is on the subway in recent years, and this ties directly into uh, the policies of Soros-backed prosecutors, and this is mirrored in other, you know, the the San Francisco BART. I think uh, Bay Area Trent
0: is, is Bay, Area- Bay Area Rapid Transit. I think Rapid yeah. Transit.
1: I was trying to find what the R was in the BART. Uh, that that has had a huge increase in crime and disorder on it. But this is this is a new thing here right now. The uh, MTA of New York City, to give you a sense of how the city's doing, is looking to do a total redesign. New York Post with the report on this. A total redesign of turnstiles and emergency exit gates for the entire subway system, the biggest subway system in the United States. Uh, they're trying to do it because I was going to make Clay guess on the spot, but I told him before. So that kind of defeats the purpose. But even he was a surprise. He was a surprise as I was. Five hundred million dollars of fare evasion this year. All right. Think about that. There are as million that should be in the city budget that is now not in the city budget because people are breaking the law. Now, the redesign of the subway system is going to cost, heaven only knows how much money is going to go into this, because right now it's very easy. People just, they jump over the turnstile, turnstile jumping, and this brings people back to the 90s when this was one of the crimes that they cracked down on. And we ran the experiment. You know what happens when you actually stop people and give them a summons or even arrest if they jump the turnstile? You actually end up coming into contact with a lot of people who have outstanding warrants. Yeah. You come into contact with a lot of people who might be wanted on a serious crime, a rape, a murder, an armed robbery. And you cut down on people scamming the subway system. Now, look. I understand the first time somebody jumps a subway turnstile, we're not calling in a SWAT team here, but that's not happening. All right. The opposite of this is happening. Clay, I just think between the hundreds of millions of dollars of theft that Target, uh, that, that Target stores have seen last year. The, this is five hundred million dollars of theft via fair evasion. The left in this country and really a, a big portion of the culture in America has just decided that stealing is okay, that stealing is somehow a redistribution of wealth, that there's a social justice uh, baseline for this. People doing fair evasions are not Robin Hood. They're not actually taken from the rich and given to the poor. They're saddling taxpayers with the shortfall. The MTA short budget is $20 billion a year. The shortfall is
0: $2.5 year in, year out. When are we going to enforce the law, man? This is really what it comes down to. Here's the way to think about this, Buck. My understanding, based on our producer, Allie, is that it costs $2.75 to ride the subway. Uh, At $500 million in lost fares, that would mean that there are around $1.4 million worth of fare skippings going on every day. If that is true, then my math would suggest that's around 500,000 fare skips every single day in New York City. That seems extraordinary like just running the math here, right? Because 500 million dollars, somebody can correct me if my math is wrong. 500 million dollars in losses is one roughly $1. 1.4 million dollars in fare skips per day year round in New York City. Given a cost of around 275 for each of those, that would mean there are 500,000 People skipping out on paying fares almost every single day or routes, right? It's probably the same people who are sometimes doing it multiple times during the course of their trips. But that's a lot. And and for people out there who say, well, I don't even know it's a relatively minor offense. First of all, taxpayers end up having to cover the 500 million dollars in losses because that isn't money that goes into the budget. Otherwise, for the larger public uh, trust, also, Buck, I think the really big part here is the people who are skipping out on paying $2.75 to ride on the subway overwhelmingly are also engaging in other criminal behavior. In other words, this is not your average grandma who's 65 years old pulling herself up and jumping over the turnstiles. This is not your average 45-year-old at 6 a.m. going in to make his work that is jumping over the turnstiles. These are well, people who are engaged overwhelmingly in criminal behavior.
1: Well, the, the people, I, I think I think the the way to, to frame that is the people who are engaged in a lot of crime are also engaged in turnstile jumping. But yes. a lot of the people engaged in turnstile jump. I mean, this has become so normalized, Clay. You know, you'll see like 15-year-old, 14-year-old kids, a bunch of them right after school, they'll I've seen it. They'll just yeah. hop over the turnstiles. They don't care. Um, but I, I do think that there's There's messaging the same way that graffiti in a city sends a message of lawlessness, decay, and just nobody gives a crap, meaning the people in charge don't care. They're not doing anything about this. When you're in a subway and you see people one after another jumping the turnstiles, usually having a laugh about it, uh, when you see that happening, it's a reminder that there is an attitude of lawlessness and lack of consequences for doing things that are clearly, you know, everyone knows you're supposed to pay, pay a, a subway fare. And I just think that that has corrosive effects all throughout all throughout society. This is why, you know, everything in in uh, in CVS stores, you know, everything in Walgreens, under lock and key in New York, wherever you go these days, fare jumping all over the place, super aggressive panhandling, people that say, give me twenty dollars and you just ignore them. They start screaming expletives at you and, you know, threaten to you know hit you with a hammer. I mean, this is happening all over the place. People are tired of it. And isn't it amazing that the, the Democrats look at the laws that they that they are super strict about? It's like, oh, yeah. you know, you take a selfie near Nancy Pelosi's congressional desk, five years in federal prison for you. But, you know, you're on your 50th arrest. You've done a couple of armed robberies. You're just constantly a menace to society. You're threatening old people walking down the subway steps. Eh, you know, we don't want to be too harsh.
0: That's their Not attitude. only that, Buck, think about the... Officers working in the subway, given the lack of respect that you are getting from the larger American population to say nothing of the Alvin Braggs of the world inside of New York City, do you really want to try to chase somebody who is fair skipping and get into a wrestling match with them or uh, try to somehow handcuff it, them when if somebody takes a video this is, of you This is really important. engaging too violently, you're in trouble? What,
1: what you're talking about is really important, Clay, because when you have somebody who, right now, the politics, and I can speak to New York with the most clarity, but I'm sure, you know, name a city. This is probably the case in, in, in a major, every major city in the country right now. The, uh, if a cop said, hey, stop, that's illegal, and then decided to give chase to somebody who had done a fair evasion, and then tried to put hands on that person, and there was some kind of a scuffle. I don't mean anything even goes really awry, but, you know, when you're, me- when you're actually using force... To detain somebody and to handcuff them
0: who refuses to respond to who, you,
1: who when you ref- tell who them refuses to, stop, to you know to accept that you. police officer's authority has just willingly broken the law we all know it and let's say that that person you know if, if they if they get taken to the ground they do you know scuff their head a little bit there's a little bit of blood something like that happens the city bureaucracy is going to side with the uh, the criminal the lawbreaker every single time
0: yep that's that's
1: the attitude whether and, that's and social true media or not that's is the attitude. You.
0: Social media is going to say, look at this awful, thuggish police officer who tackled this guy, and all he did was jump over uh, the—refuse to pay his Are are we a
1: society of laws or not? I I spend so much time—Clay, the amount of time I spend—and I have have an accountant, but just like filling out paperwork on taxes and all all this stuff all the time, and it's always, oh, you better do this or else, you better do this or else— but all these things that are making people's lives miserable and putting people in danger and, and having a really negative consequence to society as a whole, look, the libs, the Democrats constantly excuse this stuff. They constantly excuse criminality as not a big deal, especially the quality of life stuff. And eventually you're just like, why why does anyone want to put up with this anymore? It's it's really the, the same way that they, they like want to be masked up, they want to be told what to do. I think they like the opportunity to virtue signal by saying, Oh, well, you know, I don't really care if there's, like, if everything's under lock and key at my Dwayne Reed. as long as we have criminal justice reform, I'm happy. They're lunatics. I don't know what else to say. This is why these things aren't getting fixed faster. But, you know, Larry Krasner, DA in Philadelphia, they're trying to get rid of him. So people do get tired of this eventually. But that's what, you know, Krasner's letting murderers out. I mean, he's he's a total maniac. Mm -hmm. Soros backed, of course. The holiday shopping season is the make-or-break time of year for so many retailers and online businesses. If you're running one of those, are you hooked up with Stamps.com yet? It's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with Stamps.com. This takes just minutes, and it's a big time saver. Sign up now. You'll be printing your own postage in minutes. It's a one-stop solution for so many businesses relying on shipping purchases, especially during the holidays. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been a huge time saver for over 1 million businesses. This website gives you instant access to both the post office and UPS services that you need to run your business. And you can do it right from your computer. Imagine not having to visit the post office or waiting in line at local UPS store during the holidays. Save money and time with Stamps.com. And we're talking up to 80% more in savings. Huge savings. Do yourself a favor. Get started right now. Go to Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code CLAYANDBUCK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code CLAYANDBUCK.